Welcome to another episode of Chevron's, the podcast for the enlisted force. I'm Command Chief Master Sergeant Sean Sullivan, and I am joined with my esteemed colleague, Tim um, Sandlin. Yes, Mr. Tim Sandlin, Public Affairs Office from the 102nd Intelligence Wing. Happy to be here, Chief. And today we have uh, a guest who's very near and dear to my heart, uh, somebody that I had the, the pleasure to work with for several years and to do some first sergeanting with uh, our retired Master Sergeant First Sergeant Stephanie Harkins. Stephanie, how are you today? Good morning, Chief. I'm, I'm doing pretty great. I'm happy to be here. Um, so thank you both for having me. Well, no, thank you for coming on. Uh, one of the things we try to get across in podcast is that um, you're always part of the family. Uh, just because people retire or they separate, there are things that happen with your time in the National Guard that just add a permanence to your life. And now that you're on the outside looking in, uh, Tim just thought it would be a great idea to get you on here to get some of your perspectives uh, now that you have retired and some of uh, how life is treating you uh, and uh, just a few other questions along the way. But before we start kicking off, tell us a bit about yourself. I mean, what's your military story and what are you doing now? Uh, well, Chief, as you know, um, and as you mentioned, I'm Stephanie Harkins. I'm retired from the 102nd Mission Support Group. Um, the majority of my career I spent in CE. Um, prior to enlisting in 102 CES, I was a crane operator in a bridge engineer company in the Connecticut Army National Guard. Uh, and then my last few years here after the Civil Engineering Squadron, uh, I was actually their first sergeant before leaving there. Um, and then I came over to MSG as their first sergeant. And I retired in October this past year. And right now I'm just focusing on building my business in real estate and some other things down the line. That's a really, really interesting background that you have, especially being a crane operator, or bridge engineering, and all that other stuff. Uh, I mean, that that's that's some fun stuff to do. Uh, did, what, what drove you into CE or into that career field? Uh, so initially when I enlisted in the Army National Guard, I was a... Uh, automated logistics specialist. Basically, I sat in an office by myself and um, did like work orders and things like that. And when I had some downtime or got bored, I would go hang out with the uh, mechanics and the equipment operators and I just kind of had some fun learning that stuff. So I switched my career field over to that while I was in the Army. Um, and I wanted, I really enjoyed it. So I wanted to stay in that type of career field when I left. So uh, I did want to stay in the military, just didn't want to stay where I was. So uh, someone had introduced me to a recruiter down here and um, I, I fell in love with it. So um, that's basically how I ended up in CE. And I, I had a really great career over there. I had a lot of fun, had a lot of great experiences, uh, met a lot of awesome people. So um, I'm really glad that I made that switch. Yeah, every time I go over to uh, CE or I hang out with any of the Air Warriors over there, they just seem like it. It just just seems like it's like a really fun, active, you know, outdoor, get stuff done uh, squadron. So oh, yeah. they're they're awesome. They work really hard, um, and you know, it was like a second family to me after a while. And but you're not doing any of that on the outside. So um, what you did for the military and the things that you learned, you didn't do any of that on the outside. You're just doing your your real estate business. What what else did you do before your real estate business? Uh, so I actually I'm not sure if you knew this, but first, well, I know you, you knew my career prior. Um, my civilian career for 17 years was uh, I worked in corrections. Um, it had great benefits and stuff, um, and then just recently I, I decided it was not for me anymore, so uh, I resigned from that position, and I'm focusing on building my own 
uh, my own business now, um, and I, I also decided that after leaving the military and having such a rewarding career and just, I, I love working with the people here, um, I love veterans, period, so um, I decided that I wanted to go back to school and start uh, a different career path, um, basically first sergeanting on the civilian side, um, so I'm, I'm looking to do something like that. I'm, I'm working out my benefit stuff right now, but I'm, I'm looking to go back to school and get my degree in psychology so that I can kind of take that path and see where that goes. Wow, outstanding. Multi-capable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. So, uh, Stephanie, um, uh, to get back like to a little bit of, you know, your history in, uh, in the Air, Air National Guard and in the Army Guard, um, how did the worth of staying in the military change for you over the years? What, what drove you to reenlist, say, as a first-term airman versus as you became a career airman? Uh, well, as I had mentioned before, I started in the Connecticut, Connecticut Army Guard. Um, I, I learned a lot. I made some, some good friends that I still talk to to this day. Uh, I learned some skills. Um, and, you know, I, I enjoyed it, but I wanted something different. So, um, as I said, I came down here. Um, and, you know, I, I could have left. I didn't know that I would stay after my first enlistment, but I, I did like the military. So, um the more time that I spent down here uh, with CE and just with the 102nd in general, I, I just I didn't want to leave. Uh, and I honestly didn't think I would retire at 20. I thought I would stay a little bit longer, but I had so many things on my plate at once. So um, I figured it was time to just to move on and let other people shine. But uh, just just being here, um, you know, the skills, the experiences, the, the trainings, deployments, uh, and my passion for the organization, um, you know, as I said, it became a second family and uh, I constantly wanted to be involved. I've always lived kind of far away, between an hour and a half and two hours, but any chance I could get to be here, I would try to make it, um, you know, whether it be state active duty, deployments, volunteer opportunities, um, and then just over time, I, I just, like I said, the second family, and I knew I wanted to, to help other people be able to reach their goals and, and see my wingmen succeed um, and just do what I could for the organization. So uh, it, just, it became valuable to me and a big part of my life. That's excellent. That's excellent. Um, I, I, I suppose being, um, you know, persons, you know, uh, leading the way for your younger airmen, um, sometimes it's, uh, it's good to know when to step out of the way too and, uh, and let them, you know, things don't grow unless, you know, they're groomed and including yourself. So moving on to bigger and better things, I, you know, um, the psychology uh, it, that I, I wasn't even aware of that. That's awesome. So, <laughs> yeah, it was a, so a kind of a recent decision um, when I left the military. I was like, you know, I, I still love this. Uh, I want to find a way to stay involved. I'm pursuing different volunteer opportunities too um, that I can, you know, just to to be involved with some of that type of stuff. Um, and I, I can explain some of that a little bit down yeah. the line if you wanted. Um, but yeah, I, I think that it's, it's what I want to do. I have a passion for it. So that's awesome. That's awesome. So it seems like your experiences in the military have really prepared you for your career and your career interests now that, that you're retiring. And it almost sounds like some of what you were developing and the skills you were developing as a member of the 102nd and in the military actually, you know, drove you to, to uh, uh, get your new degree that you're going for in psychology or whatever. So what, what, what professional military education or skills and things that you gathered along the way um, 
what sort of skills that you acquired, how they helped you uh, in this transition and in real estate and now pursuing your career? I think just throughout my entire military career, um, just everything that I've learned, everything I've been exposed to, um, just as a start, you know, I came from a small town. Um, I wasn't exposed to a ton. I mean, I traveled here and there with my family, but just, you know, vacations and stuff. So I think um, learning the communication, um, being exposed to diversity, um, and then just things like time management, organizational skills, self-discipline, stuff like that, um, really helps anybody in the civilian world. Um, so those were definitely big key players. Uh, as I furthered my military career, I learned the under, uh, excuse me, I understood the importance of the PME and even the civilian education. Um, you know, I had taken some college courses right out of high school. Uh, I never finished my degree and kind of always toyed with the idea of going back one day, but never really felt a need for it for a long time because uh, I did have that civilian career with the benefits and everything, and I, I just got comfortable. So um, some of the opportunities presented to me in the Air Force encouraged me to go forward and complete my degree in business administration. Um, and then being a realtor, that kind of makes sense. I've, I've been kind of business-minded. So... Um, you know, in addition to things like the PME and my degree, uh, I, I just basically gained a love of continuing education and just always looking to constantly learn. So as a first sergeant and being in the real estate field, both jobs or both careers, I would imagine, that require attention sometimes quickly and without much notice at times. Um, what, what was it like juggling both simultaneously? Uh, well, Tim, it was very difficult at times, um, and it wasn't just those two careers. Uh, the real estate is something I didn't pursue until 2016, and I, I really just did that out of, you know, I want to do something different. I want to jump into something else, and you know, that's just how I am. But um, I was working full-time for the state at that point, um, so I had my 40 hours plus a week there. I was doing everything I could to further my real estate business. Um, and becoming a first sergeant is not just you show up on the weekends and go home uh, Sunday afternoon. It's a lot of extra hours. Uh, and in addition to that, at one point, I was going to school full time. So wow. when I say time management and organizational <laughs> skills are very important, it's, it's very important. Um, so... With all that stuff on my plate, it was very important to me to focus on self-care and remind myself to take care of myself at times because, uh, you know, if you get burnt out, you're not going to be able to, to do anything. Uh, you're not going to be able to help anyone else. You're not going to be able to do a good job. So I, I had to constantly remind myself to give myself those little breaks and, you know, whether it be a five-minute meditation or take a little getaway. Oh, uh, absolutely. You know, anything yeah. to just give myself some time. Well, one of the things that, that I always like to say is that um, being in the military and going through our PME and going through all the different leadership things and all the different skills that you acquire and how we try to develop people as airmen, we make better airmen, but we also make better people. And it just really sounds like you have gathered a, a great amount of experiences and skills on your way to retirement and moving on, what would you consider to be a few of the most important qualities or skills that you can draw from your enlisted career and that pay dividends now in the civilian sector? Uh, I would definitely say the self-discipline um, is a big thing, you know, to be able to do 
the school and and the multiple careers and um, stick with it. I see a lot of times people in the civilian world don't stick with things that they want to do or they start doing, and, and I, I found that this self-discipline was very important to that. Um, being able to communicate and uh, the ability to adapt to situations and think quickly to solve problems um, are very important, too, because you never know what's going to get thrown at you. So shifting gears a little bit, uh, what, what prompted uh, the invitation? And thank you for, for accepting our, our, our invitation here today. Uh, but one of the things that prompted it is uh, we've been friends on Facebook for, for some time. And I noticed um, a little while back, um, a couple months ago, I saw you pop up on my Facebook feed, and you're out. It was Las Vegas, right? It was Las Vegas, yep. yes. And, and I saw a military influencer conference, or, or at least a combination of those words. And that intrigued me. And I'm like, what's Stephanie doing at a military influencer conference? I didn't even know she was on YouTube. <laughs> but So it wasn't, uh, it wasn't actually a YouTube thing, right. and I had never heard of it before. Um, but I'm very glad that I did. Uh, so... I had ended up going to the Military Influencer Conference in Vegas this past October, uh, and it was actually a very last-minute decision. Um, I wasn't sure. I was invited, actually, by a former member of the 102nd Civil Engineer Squadron, uh, Lizeth Velez. She had, she was HVAC, I believe, um, but regardless, she left and she started her own company, um, LJV Development, and uh, she's doing really well with that, and she's just a huge inspiration. Um, so... I've been friends with her since she was in the unit, and um, I was like, you know, I'm not really sure if it's financially responsible. I, I got to make some decisions. I just, I left my other job, and uh, I was like, you know what? It's not like I'm going to Vegas to go to Vegas. I'm going to Vegas to get something out of it, to go to this conference. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to go, um, and again, I'm so happy that I did. Uh, I, I took the invite not really knowing what to expect, but I figured if anything, I'll walk away with some knowledge and some tools to help me advance my own business and possibly do some networking. And I, as I said, I'm really happy that I went. Um, the conference is basically a community of entrepreneurs, influencers, creators, executives. Uh, they're all either veterans or military spouses. Um, they all believe in the importance of mentorship. Um, they, they work to inspire one another. Uh, and they're all looking for new ways to collaborate. So um, there was tons of workshops to choose from. Uh, from getting started in your entrepreneurship journey to mastering your network, tools to improve your social media, marketing, podcasting, personal achievement, diversity, building your brand, uh, you name it, financial tools, just different panels, um, and mentoring and networking sessions. Uh, it was really awesome. Um, and then there's there's one segment that I would like to touch on um, because it's we all know the importance of focusing on, on the 22 and, and the downsides yeah. of being in the military, and, and I, I feel that's important all the time. Um, but one thing that I really appreciated, at the end of the conference, they, they had like a, a mental health kind of panel uh, day. They had a lot of different speakers come up, and it was just really awesome. But one of the points that they brought up was the fact that there are so many of these initiatives focused on veteran suicide, and, and as I said, i, I completely agree that it's important, um, you know, building the camaraderie and awareness and, and addressing the issues as necessary. But one thing that really struck me as empowering was that with all the focus on the issues that so many veterans unfortunately end up with, was that it's almost like we're basically told to expect to end up that way. And, you know, we're going to become a part of those statistics. And uh, you never really hear the success stories that veterans have. Uh, 
get focused on. So um, there was a lot of folks who are able to overcome the darker side of things and, and go on and do great things um, with the knowledge, skills, and experiences that they, they've had. Uh, so it was super inspirational uh, to listen to those speakers who turn their experiences into something positive for their life and even the lives of others. So, um, you know, the veteran community is really an amazing group of strong, resilient, talented, and smart people. That's, that's, that's wonderful. Sounds like you got a lot out of that conference. I did. I did. Um, and, it was just amazing. Yeah, and, and Chief, as a side note, it sounds like something we'd be uh, interested in. Maybe we should take the show on the road and see if we can get an invite to Vegas next, you know, next year and, and do a remote. I'd be happy to do what I can to help. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. That would really, because, uh, you know, um, we haven't really approached um, mental wellness and, and, and those angles as much on this program yet, but it's definitely a topic that is in our, you know, it's it's in, within our realm, uh, and I'd definitely like to talk about it at some point. Yeah, and uh, Stephanie, obviously this is an annual conference. Um Will you be able to generate any information for us? Or like when the next one's coming up, maybe share it with Tim and I so we can share it with more of our members. Yeah, because, absolutely. Yeah, because I, I have to tell you the truth. Until uh, this interview, I had no idea that they had such a conference. And I just think that this would just be huge for so many of our members. Um, and especially, you know, like you said, tying in um, your just all the all the 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 entrepreneurs and influencers and creators and executives and all those other people that were there. I just think that that just would be a great motivation, a great skill set uh, for our airmen to have outside of the normal conferences that we attend in uniform. Yeah. I think it would be awesome. Uh, you know, it is active, you know, guard people or active military as well as vets and male spouses as well. So uh, I know there's a lot of talent here in the 102nd, and I, I think it would be great to give that opportunity to some of the members that are trying to go on their own entrepreneurial journey. And Tim, I love the idea of going on the road and going there and capturing some uh, some some military members, airmen and soldiers, et cetera, that, that are there. I, that I think would be a great episode. Yeah. And chief, I, you know, like one of the, as I'm, as I'm listening to you, Stephanie, and, and you're talking, you know, maybe I had a pre preconceived notion of the term influencer and I see it all the time being, I'm, you know, being in public affairs, I'm, I'm very deep into social media, whether I want to be or not. <laughs> and the word influencer sometimes has a negative connotation and it's kind of a narcissistic. It can be sometimes a narcissistic kind of tag because it's all about me. I'm the influencer and people taking advantage and being sort of selfish because it's all about them. But this is completely opposite from the sound of it. It's more about helping, you know, the larger group of veterans out there. And, and, and um, that's very responsible and it's very, very refreshing. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, social media is a funny thing. Um, love it or hate it. Sometimes both, but uh, I, I know what you mean with like the Instagram influencers and people on YouTube. I've never really gotten too much into the YouTube, but with with my business, I've I've gotten um, business pages for some of the other sites, and uh, I, I know what you mean like, hey, wear this brand and and go out there right. and sell this brand. But yeah, it's, it is nice to uh, have a group of people just influencing each other in a positive way. So it was definitely different than what I would have imagined too before going. So yeah. it was pretty cool. That's great. And we're not, now that we're talking about social media, that, that brings up a question that I have for you because I want you to put your first sergeant hat on because, as you know, as first sergeants, we 
will hear about social media faux pas from our airmen from time to time. But at the same time, we're always encouraged to tell our military story. I mean, it, it gets a little bit murky having to navigate social media. Uh, can you give us what you consider a healthy balance? And I would like both your perspectives as you as a Air Force Air Warrior leader, and now that you are on the outside as a civilian, what is a healthy balance for you in social media uh, as far as you know navigating all the different risk factors and, and all the different positive and negative influences that it can present? Well, I mean, I've always tried to be careful um, with posting things, any, t any too detailed things or um, obviously no type of PII or anything like that, um, regardless of business or personal. Um, and I've, as I said, I worked in other careers um, where I didn't want any of my personal information out there. My personal pages are locked down like Fort Knox. I mean, just for personal security. It's not, not that I post anything, you know, too personal on there, but it's, you know, things that the whole world doesn't need to see. Um, and then, you know, the business pages, they're public, so um, it's even more important to be aware of safety and security issues. But as a business owner, you want to have your information out there too so people can see what you do and what you have to offer and how you're involved. Um, but things like posting that you're away from home, I, I didn't post the military influencer stuff until afterwards because you never know who's watching, who's going to see that you're not home. Oh, okay, great, she's away. Um, you know, again, it can be good or bad, but keeping that stuff in mind, uh, I think it can be great for marketing and interacting with the public, but again, security is always something that I keep in mind. Um, and you can absolutely interact with an audience without compromising your security. Um, and you know, like you hear stuff about apps, uh, like TikTok and Instagram and, and other sites that people may be able to access information from your phone or in your phone. Um, I've seen people's Profiles get hacked, and I've gotten friend requests from my friends that I thought were legit and that weren't. So just being cognizant of that kind of stuff, um, you know, I'd always report it. Um, just keeping vigilant. Um, and then, you know, things that we learn here uh, in information awareness, as much as we've all loved it, uh, like links that you don't know where they're from. That stuff's real in the outside world, too. Um, so just, just having your business info out there for anyone in the public to see. Um, I've, I've gotten tons of spam emails and texts. I still get them all the time, but I just remain mindful of the motives behind some of that stuff. And, um, you know, another thing is wire scams. Uh, as a civilian, uh, especially in real estate, there's money being transferred back and forth. Um, so just trying to keep your clientele informed about that kind of stuff and just remain vigilant with it. Well, it must be a challenge, you know, uh, on one hand, you're aware of all the risks out there and you're trying to be as careful as you can. But on the, on the uh, marketing side of your life, you're, you're trying to advertise your business or you're, you know, uh, what, you know, you're not going to grow as a business without getting out there. So it's, it must be a quite a, quite a dance to make sure it's just, just enough information. It sure is. It, it's, it's definitely a balance. Oh, and I struggle with that all the time. I, you know, I have uh, some things I do on the side um, and I'm, I'm always trying to market those on social media, but people know that, you know, what I do in the military end and I'm so close lipped and people are always like, you know, trying to IM me of, you know, Hey, you know, what's a cool thing you're doing or what about the, it? And it's, it is, it's such a tightrope for me. Uh, but you seem to navigate it with, with ease and comfort. I am always like, 
if it's not about, you know, marketing something for something I, you know, one of my, my shows or something like that, if it's not marketing that I am like, I, I just am afraid to post. And I don't think that airmen need to be afraid of that. They just need to be cognizant of, of all the things that you talked about and the necessity to telling your, your airman, your air warrior story, but at the same time, you know, not divulging too much. You're absolutely right, Chief. I mean, I'm, I'm proud to advertise the things that I do and, and the, the service that I've done in the military. Um, but again, it's just it's about finding that balance and, and not putting too much uh, risky information out there. So um, that's pretty much what it comes down to. So, you know, uh, kind of uh, leading off of that question or that discussion, um, how, how important is having a social media presence um, and or establishing a personal or professional brand? Uh, how can it be used to your advantage? Well, in this day and age, pretty much everyone's on social media. Um, so I think it's great to constantly have posts where you can engage with people. Um, doing that not only allows you to stay in front of an audience and, and show that you're interactive with them, but it's also an opportunity to give them more insight to who you are as a person and to let them see the things that you're doing other than just advertising and marketing. Um, then there's, you know, there's perks. You can find networking events. Uh, there's so many things. Like Facebook, they have the events, event invites, and just th there's a lot of stuff out there that is only on Facebook. Some businesses don't even have a website anymore. They just use their Facebook page. Um, so being able to find networking events, um, showcasing your services, um, volunteer opportunities or community involvement. Um, there's all kinds of stuff out there. Uh, and it really gives it the human side to it, um, who you are, things you're involved with, things you enjoy doing, and just overall connecting with people as people. Um, I mean, personally, I utilize Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, but uh, they're all pretty much one and the same when it comes down to it. Yeah, you've got to... Uh decide which applications are going to work best for you and what best suits your, your mission or, you know, your, your life mission or your career mission, you know, uh, what's going to help uh, best propel you forward. Right. And you kind of have to tailor it also to what are people using? I mean, right. I, I might not be a fan of Facebook or, or what, just as an example, but I'm using it to get myself out there and connect with people. It's like a necessary evil. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it can be good too, but yeah, some days I'm like, I, don't want this thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, because I'm struggling with my social media profiles, et cetera, trying to enhance you know my my career. I know it would would benefit more with a better social media pref, uh, profile. Uh, what advices would you give somebody like myself for you know somebody considering a career that would be aided by a social media profile? What can we do to improve that? Um, I mean, I would say go for it, Chief. You know, you get out there, let the world know who you are and what you can do, uh, who you are as a person. Of course, you want to keep your personal safety and security in check as well as OPSEC and, and definitely the security of any customers or clients you might have uh, because people need to know that their safety is priority when they're working with you as well. Uh, but, you know, like I said, market and showcase yourself, grow your network, stay connected, stay involved, reach out to people, get creative. Um, you know, you got to find a way to brand yourself or stand out. You can do that with things like logos, um, a particular niche, or something just to let the world know what makes you different or special. Um, 
and then, you know, you can lean on others and re- return the favors, you know, repost another friend's small business or, um, you know, I, I try to do that give and take, uh, you know, help other people get out there too. And they really appreciate that. Um, you know, in a business world, we need each other, partner up, help each other out. Don't burn bridges, you know, work with your men- uh, mentorships and, and competitors, uh, you know, just work together. And you talk about working together and mentoring and coaching and all things that are very important to me. And this is a, a, a classic example of what I try to get across to people is that you don't mentor up. You mentor with people that are like-minded, that have skills, that, that can help enhance you, that you have a connection with. And I bring that up to say, I'm going to be reaching out to you directly and uh, see if you can assist me with some of those, uh, with some of my social media profile things, because you are definitely one of my mentors and one of my coaches that I've had throughout my military career. And I, I appreciate you. So I would be more than happy to help you with that. I actually enjoy that aspect of things. So mm-hmm. I would be, I would love to do that for you, chief. Yeah. Great. <laughs> that is my big weakness. <laughs> yeah. And chief, you know, you're, you're in one of the few positions in the military that has, you know, a need for a social media profile out there, you know, between commanders at various levels and senior enlisted leaders at, at various levels, like command chief for the state, um, you know, your position specifically lends itself to a prominent social media profile. Um, so, yeah, definitely. It's yeah. and, and that's the tightrope, uh, Tim, because I love doing all that in person. I love I try to visit the wings two, three, four times a year. All I want to do is talk to airmen. And when you think about it, you know, as you are both saying and relaying, the message is is valid and you have to get that, that greater reach. It's just so hard for me on social media because I, I still um, I, I'm still grasping to understand the nuances and all but uh but stephanie i'm going to be reaching out to you and uh, we'll work together on that to to help my uh, help me get a better profile and tim i'm going to be leaning on you too sir because pa that you guys are the gurus for that and as much as i love doing chevrons and getting myself out there other than that when you go on my facebook page all you see is a picture and then a bunch of <laughs> you know marketing stuff that i do on the side for my side business so, so I, I i gotta i gotta robust that up some so one one piece of advice i can give you in the meantime uh that might be helpful chief is um it, i don't know if you follow chief bass on social media but she's absolutely constantly posting um so i see her stuff all the time and Maybe that could give you some inspiration for the types of posts you could do or what you're doing and just, you know, put it out there. And, and when you interact with uh, younger airmen or, or any any members, really, um, they love to see that stuff. You know, hey, look what I did. I was talking to Chief Sullivan. Um, just, or I did this event or what, what may be it. So um, just maybe you could look to that or other senior leaders uh, pages that are active for some inspiration and it's funny because there were so many great ones. Chief Bass was hers is fantastic. Um, retired uh, Air National Guard Command Chief Chief Anderson. He always had like great messaging. Chief Williams, uh, who is the current uh, Air National Guard Command Chief, he he does a great job. I, I the, the list goes on. So yeah, it 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 is an area of improvement. So I'm going to lean on you two as my team to guide, assist, and direct me. Absolutely, Chief. So, 
we were just talking uh, just a moment ago. We were uh, the the term or the uh, the subject of mentorship uh, came up. Uh, Stephanie, did you have a mentor or teammate that really made a difference in your career? Well, in the Air Force, I have had tons of good leadership, um, starting from CE. Uh, I, I came over as an NCO from the Army, and um, they just they saw some potential in me. I mean, I was always here. I wanted to, to do a good job. I, I wanted to do my job, and I just wanted to do a good job. Uh, I wasn't looking for recognition, anything like that, but, but somehow some of these leaders saw a potential and constantly encouraged me to go further in my career, um, and I will be forever thankful because – uh, I didn't have some of the skills or even the confidence to, to think that I could do some of the things that I've done uh, without them. And um, that's also a part of what made me want to pay it forward throughout my career. Um, you know, Chief Ahasi was my first sergeant um, shortly after I went into civil engineering. And, uh, you know, he's always been an, an excellent guide. And I've gone to him multiple times over my career, even as a shirt. Um, and he's just been an amazing mentor in that aspect. Um, Chief Sullivan, you're one of them. Uh, you know, lots of lots of the chiefs. Um, Chief Nadeau, who retired from CE, just the people that you can tell care about others in their careers and um, stuff like that. Just makes me want to be be want to be a better leader. Um, you know, I had Colonel Henderlong, who was my first commander I worked for as a shirt. Colonel Layton, uh, Colonel Ivers, so many other senior NCOs, the first sergeant's council. Um, all these people, even just fellow members, uh, they've all guided and encouraged me throughout my career, and I, I will always appreciate that. Um, you know, that some of the leaders have pushed me to do my PME, my civilian education, uh, got me on boards. Um, I learned public speaking through doing some of these things. Chief, you had me go do a seminar at the time conference. I've never done that, but <laughs> it was pretty awesome to be able to do it. And once you get over that initial fear of just, just go do it and you know I'll stand up there with my paper and I'm like sorry guys but I need this because I'm going to stand up here and be like I don't know what to do with my hands right now but it's you know you get over that um just it's nice to know that I had people encouraging me to do things that I was uncomfortable with and get out of that comfort zone um you know just community com excuse me communicating against uh, amongst the ranks and um you know, being able to speak to the public when we went out and did other things with the public um, in a way that positively represents the military. Um, you know, all this stuff just gave me the confidence to get out there and, and show the world what I can do and what I have to offer and uh, made me realize that I that I can do it. When I, years ago, I may not have never even considered that. So, you know, I, I really appreciate all the, the mentorship and um, wingmanship throughout the years. Well, one of the things that, that really lead to growth, and you hit the nail on the head, is getting out of your comfort zone. What is the most uncomfortable assignment or task or deployment, anything that you've done in the military that you stepped up to that you learned the most from and was the most rewarding to you? Uh, well, as you started asking that question, I'm like, oh, man, what am I going to, what's this answer going to be? Because there's been a lot of things, but... Um, I would have to say becoming a first sergeant. Um, it was not, I, I didn't enter the military with that goal. I didn't even know what a first sergeant did when I was in the Army. I just knew he followed the commander around. Um, so coming into the Air Force, uh, I've had different types of leaders, and um, I, I saw what a first sergeant had the potential to do for the entire unit, and I was like, I want to do that. I love these people. I want to do that. 
and I want to do the best job I can. And, I, you know, I absolutely, I was ready for it personally, but I don't know if I was ready for it. <laughs> so I was approached and about the opening in CE at that time, and I was like, oh, my God, I, I, I'm not prepared for this. I mean, yes, I'm taking the steps here and there to get to where I should be, and it was like full speed ahead. I'm going to go for it. I'm, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to go for it. And, and I feel like every day as a shirt was, I don't know what's going to get thrown at me, but I'm just going to do it. So um, when it, you talk about comfort zone, I would definitely say being a first sergeant, but it was also the most rewarding part of my career. So i um, very glad that I had the opportunity and thankful for those who saw that in me. I could not agree with you more. I mean, even looking at it from my position, I am honored to have my current position. I am appreciative of it. And I, I'm trying to impact as many lives as I possibly can and make things better uh, before I retire in a couple of years. Uh, so it, it, it's an important position for me. But going back to what you were saying about being a first sergeant, that to me was the most outside my comfort zone uh, position I ever had. It was the greatest and the most rewarding. And when you think about it, it's you, no other person has as much impact other than perhaps the commander on a unit as the first sergeant, because it is all personality based. It is all relationship based. You get a closeness to your people. You get to really, really know them inside and out. Uh, you get to go through their joys and their triumphs, but at the same time, you have to be there for the disciplinary aspect. Uh, sometimes you have to help uh, supervisors make those course corrections. You have to have tough conversations, which are difficult, but you just get that that bonding, that fellowship that that I don't think any other position has in the military. Uh, I mean, there are a lot, you, being a supervisor, you know, all those things, yes, all that is right then and there as well, but you get so much more of it as a first sergeant. And on top of that, you work directly for the commander. So you understand the strategic vision of the unit. You understand how everything, I mean, it's just, every day was like drinking from a fire hose. So yes, I have to agree with you on that. Being a first sergeant. <laughs> you're you're yeah. absolutely right. And, and yeah. one of the, the things that like really, just hit me hard um, when I first started first sergeanting was I actually have a voice for people. And there's been times throughout my career, and I'm sure we've all dealt with it, where you, you didn't feel like you mattered or your voice wasn't heard or your needs weren't met or what whatever it may be. And when I actually realized that I could have a voice for – listen to these people and have a voice for them and actually have it be heard – it was like the best feeling in the world. And, and I just, it's something that I never had before. I'm like, this is amazing. And then just, you know, coming from CE and being their shirt, I, I had a bond with them. Um, but just, it was a different level. Um, as you said, some of the stuff was negative and, and being able to help people work through that. And hey, I'm just doing my job and I care about what I'm doing. But when you see how appreciative somebody is and, and how you actually did impact a part of their life, it's, it's just, I can't even explain how rewarding that is. So um, definitely, definitely loved it. Well, just with my uh, years of service and my experience, and I was never a shirt, but 
you know, just by observation and seeing so many scenarios uh, go down through my years, uh, I could say that there's probably no other career field that is responsible for saving more military careers because the first sergeant corps, those guys, you guys, um, you know, you, you got, sometimes you have those negative situations come through the door. You're one of the people that are, you know, charged with trying to save a career. You know, if somebody's going down a wrong path or made a wrong choice, um, you know, we talk about discipline and obviously that's what a lot of people think of immediately when it, when they think of a first sergeant discipline, but really you're there, you're people's safety net. You're there to put them on the right path. Yeah. And of course it's, there is that negative stuff and, and things happen, um, but again, we're all human, and if there's a way to rectify something, it's, you know, you're helping somebody get on that path. Um, it's, it's nice to be able to sit behind closed doors with a commander and have that conversation and, and understand what their perspective is and, and kind of bridging that gap between the enlisted people and making sure that everything is really just a well-oiled machine. So um, it, it really is a powerful position. And not just to the enlisted people, but also helping your commanders. And I was recently at a, a big event in, in D.C. a couple weeks back, a bunch of command chiefs and chiefs there and, you know, generals and, and et cetera. And there was a retired lieutenant general that was there that came right over to one of the command chiefs and started talking about when you were a first sergeant, you, you made my career, you provided me lessons, you provided me this valuable feedback. I would have never have been where I was when I retired if it was not for you being my first sergeant and influencing me and assisting me and being you know, a, a advisor to me as much as you were to the enlisted force. And that's the other power of being a first sergeant is you it's the two prong. I mean, you're, you're right there hand in hand with the commander. Now, I got one follow-up question for you. Uh, one more. And that is for all the people that are out there listening right now, all our young air warriors that are now suddenly going, Hmm, first sergeant, this sounds cool. How would you recommend that they take the next step on their way to becoming a first sergeant? What can they do to, to follow that path and get to be a first sergeant? Well, I would say, first and foremost, as much as it's already drilled into everyone, it's important, do your PME, make sure you have all your ducks in a row with that, um, and then, you know, you're going to need your, your CCAF or your civilian equivalent, um, so work on that stuff, um, you know, and, and it's going to benefit you in your personal life too, but uh, those are just some of the requirements, but um, I would say get involved. Get involved with, you know, any functions that your your unit may be doing. Just get to know the people uh, if you don't already. Um, go to things like the time conference or anything that's going to benefit you personally and professionally. Um, it some of that stuff I'd I'd never expected. I, oh, just another military thing, but I'm going to go. So uh, some of the stuff like the time conference, for example, was amazing. Like it, it gives you a lot of perspective and there's so many different speakers on different topics. And I was like, this is actually really cool. Um, I wish I could go all the time, but I, I've, I've been to one and I, I spoke at one and got to see some of the presentations at that one. And just, I was never let down by any of the content at all. Um, you know, just anything like that, that's, that's going to help you out. Um, 
and, and being involved. I think those are some of the biggest pieces. Make those relationships and, um, you know, just put yourself out there. And you had mentioned the time conference. So I need to put this out for our listeners is that the time conference is technical sergeants and mentoring enlisted. It is a conference that we put on every other year in Massachusetts. It was started by retired state command chief Donald. Uh, it, it has become a best practice. It is, it is, it has been uh, exported out to 11 last count was 11 other States. It has that much value. So if you're listening, and you are a tech sergeant, or you are a newly promoted master sergeant, or you are a staff sergeant that is on the verge of making tech sergeant, you are the, that's the rank structure we're looking for. Our time conference is gonna be held in August of 2023. My office is gonna be sending some information out uh, to both wings. And we are also going to be having people attend from wings outside the state, because I know we have listenership from uh, from uh, across the 90, really. Uh, so if you are listening to this, if you are one of our Space Force members on on, uh, on Otis, you are uh, Camp Edwards, uh, you are welcome to attend. Uh, Hanscom, active duty, people will have some slots for you. And we're even going to have some slots for uh, our, our Army counterparts. I'd love to get this a little bit more joint flavor in it. Uh, that was the intent years ago. Um, so I'll be pushing that. So if you are interested in the time conference, it is going to be this August and keep your eye out for uh, the flyers. I'm going to be sending them out to all the other state command chiefs to see if they want to send anybody as well. So uh, I'm going to get off my soapbox on the time conference now, but it was brought up and I wanted to make sure our listenership understood what it was, uh, the value and when the next one is. So I have a couple of follow-on questions. Um, I'm really interested to know, Stephanie, uh, can you impart some wisdom on our listeners? Um, I, just in general, for everything we've been discussing, um, first and foremost, if you want something, pursue it. It's not going to always be easy, um, but if you put your mind to it and you really want it, you can and you will accomplish great things. Uh, and it, it might not go the way that you initially planned, but that's just going to be learning uh, opportunities, you're going to hit obstacles, but you'll overcome them. Um, you know, they, they say things like you fall down, you get back up. It, it's true. Um, just keep pushing through. Uh, you may have to sacrifice. I've passed up tons of fun things um, in order to get the work done that I needed to do. Um, I've literally cried as a grown woman, <laughs> um, <laughs> struggling with some obstacles uh, and for anyone who knows me, that's saying a lot because I don't think anyone here has ever seen me cry. <laughs> um, I'm usually a pretty happy person, but it's it's human. So um, I've got some onions over <laughs> here for you to slice. If you, <laughs> no, that's all right. <laughs> I'm not trying to cry, uh, but but really, uh, it's it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it. Um, but in the end, don't even stop there. Keep going. It, you never know where you could end up. Uh, there's possibilities are endless. Um, you know, I, I actually have a tattoo that is kind of some words that I live by. Um, basically, it's all what you put into it. My tattoo says, you get what you give. And, you know, people could interpret that different ways. But uh, if you're putting something into it, you're going to get the reward from it. So, um, you know, if things don't go the way expected, as I said, you adapt and overcome. Try to think outside the box and, and get creative and find a way to overcome things. Um, another 
point that I'd like to make is foster connections. Um, you know, the people you work with, your sphere of influence, help others succeed. People are going to appreciate that. They're going to recognize that. They're not going to forget it. Um, you know, just it, it's good leadership, whether you're a, a military or civilian. Um, I will always believe, and this may be the shirt in me, but I will always believe that people really are the root and foundation of a successful organization. Um, you know, if, if anyone ever wants to chat, I'm, I'm always open to, to chatting with them um, who would like input, advice, anything like that. Sure. So, uh, you know, I might be gone, but I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you working on now? Any big projects? Uh, let me just preface by saying the floor is yours. Tell us, tell us what's going on. All right. Well, that's funny. You should ask. Um, so I am in the beginning phases of pursuing some of the goals, uh, some that I mentioned already. Um, when I when I left my other job, uh, I switched brokerages just for some growth opportunities to focus on my business, um, maybe eventually pursue my broker's license and, and see where that takes me. Uh, honestly, I, I started this real estate career just as, well, let me take a class and see where it goes. But I, I really enjoy it a lot. So um, that's something that's that's going to stick with me. Um, and and that is also rewarding. I, I love to see people happy at, at the end of the day, at the end of their transaction, uh, whatever it may be. And, and you know what, like anything else, there's, there's obstacles to overcome with that and some frustrations, um, you know, but at the end of the day, when I can see people smile and happy, then I'm happy. Um, aside from that, uh, like I mentioned, I'm, I'm working out the details, but I'm looking to go back to school full time again, um, this year. Um, going back to, to pursue my, my goals with uh, working with veterans. Um, you know, you can't take the first sergeant out of me, uh, even if I'm no longer here. Uh, another uh, organization I've recently become affiliated with um, that I found out about through uh, the, t the time conference, the uh, Military Influencer Conference, um, is it's called Bunker Labs. It's nationwide. Um, and... It's basically a, a network of uh, veterans and male spouses as well, um, but it's they each there's each state or not every single state, but a lot of states they have their own cohort, and it's it's basically a network of um, entrepreneurs who uh, are able to just talk to each other, provide each other with resources, um, business business wise, uh, and just help each other out with their businesses. So. Um, I found out about that. I'm like, that is awesome. So um, I've been pursuing that. Um, and then I've been reaching out to some other just multiple veteran orga organizations to um, just to get involved and, and start pursuing that path because I really do enjoy it. Um, and then a couple of the uh, a couple of organizations, aside from things like the Legion and the USO, uh, stuff like that that we all know of, um, some of the organizations I found out about through networking with, with other um, veterans through Bunker Labs. Uh, there's a couple that I'm, I'm getting involved with. Um, one is called Buffer Springs. It's a, a veteran-owned uh, company that I believe it was 2021 um, that it was founded. Um, and he's a former Marine uh, who started it up, um, buffersprings.com. It's basically bridging the gap between military and civilian careers. Uh, we see so many businesses out there that say, oh, we hire vets and this and that, but they just throw it out there just to, hey, yeah, we support it, but do we really? And, you know, nothing ever comes of it. Or and if they do, great. But um, this is, like, legit, like, 
helping people uh, with their resumes and, and not just, hey, you were security forces, so you should be a cop. Uh, you were infantry, so you should do that. You, this, what do you really enjoy? And, and helping people find a path and, and get into what they really want to do. Um, so I think that's one awesome uh, organization. And then um, there's another one. Uh, I believe he was also a Marine as well. Um, it's called Frost Call. And uh, that basically it fosters a community for vets that have a common interest in video and tabletop games. They do in-person gaming events and online conversations um, just as a mean to stay in touch and support brothers and sisters. Um, they advocate for peer and professional support with veteran mental health and well-being. And the best part about that is they come to you. And uh, that's frostcall.org uh, for anyone who's interested in that. I know cool. we have that's cool. the, the newer uh, generations are really into the video gaming. So uh, I did think that was a pretty cool initiative. That's awesome, Stephanie. That's, uh, that's a lot of great resources. Well, I'm just going to wrap up by saying that, Stephanie, you were one of the finest air warriors I had the opportunity to serve with. The highlights of my career have nothing to do with accolades or with, you know, with promotions or assignments. It has nothing to do with that. The highlights of my career are the people that I got to work with that touched me, that motivated me, that moved me. And I just wanted you to know that you were one of the finest first sergeants and finest air warriors I ever had the opportunity to serve with. And I thank you for being part of this podcast. I know I got a lot out of it, and I think our listenership did as well. Thank you, Chief. It was an honor to uh, have worked with you and have you as a mentor as well, and uh, it was definitely a great honor to be welcomed back on the base. And, um, you know, I love being here, so I'm, I'm glad uh, that I was able to come on the podcast. Thank you, Tim, for setting this up. I, I really appreciate it, and, and again, I'm, I'm just honored to be here. So Yeah, you know, uh, we, we may end up uh, inviting you back, so be prepared for, for you know, a part two to this perhaps at some point. I'm up for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So Chief, you, you want to take us out? I just want to thank our listeners once again. Thank you for being uh, one of our listeners for the Chevron's podcast. We appreciate you. We are here for you. And if anybody has any ideas or if there are any guests you would like to hear on here or any topics you'd like us discussed, please reach out to us. And Tim, let them know how they can get us. Uh, we do have an email address, uh, chevrons.podcast at gmail.com. Feel free to email us there and you will get, uh, you will get a quick response. 